Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining land, oh, entertaining real estate investment talk. <laughs> I'm Stephen Jack Putella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about our biggest house failures. This is going to be good. Right before the show, Jill <laughs> and I, I said, all right, what, have we failed? And she said, not really. But I'll explain more. Yeah. <laughs> we never fail financially, but... I know. Sometimes the deals don't go as fast as they should. Exactly. I'll explain. It's like, it's is it a, really a failure? It is to us, but for other people to be like, knock it off. Yeah. You did just fine. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Which, by the way, I say to all of our members too, we all do this. We all question some of our deals sometimes, and I'm telling them. Here I am telling myself what I tell them, which is, <laughs> Knock it off. You did just fine. Yeah. Did you make money? Yes. Okay, move on. <laughs> All right. So Ben asks, how is direct mail working for you? I've only done cold calls with great results, so he's not a member. This is cool. What's your advice on direct mail? Uh-oh, where do I start? I don't even know where to start on this one. Other than my life is so much better thanks to direct mail. Well, we, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were out there, friends. who we were, We've known these people for a really long time. Yeah, like for more than three years. and But we never talked about what we did for a living, yeah. all of us. Like they knew, they kind of know, but they had some questions for us. So we, I said, you know what, buy me a beer and fire away. Yeah. And one of the questions they said was, this exact question, why? Because uh, she's a salesperson. Why don't uh, you just call them? <laughs> that was her exact quote. I don't which get we it. Could. Which we have which. their phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> to which Jill responded, because I can't make 17,000 phone calls. <laughs> exactly, in a day. <laughs> but I can hit, with direct mail, 17,000 households in a day. <laughs> Next. And then, so you hit 17,000. Yeah. 17,000 just happens to be the number of our most recent mailers. So let's say, you know, you hit 17,000. Of those 17,000, a very predictable number are going to just throw them away. Another predictable number are gonna call back and say, you know, go to heck. Yeah. But what you're looking for is that number of people that are, you know, they, they weed themselves out. They choose themselves as sellers. We don't go and do all the work and right. choose themselves. We just give them the opportunity to be a seller and they choose to be a seller and contact us, you know, one of different three, three different ways. So right. that's why, Yeah. you know, cold calling. I've heard people make it work, but what a lot of work. Oh, there's no way. Well, and then, and then too, the way we do it, which is a, even... Even I know we have a show coming up in a, in a day or two. I don't know if it's here or the other show about texting a little bit, but you know, even that when you the way we reach these people with an offer and put the ball in their court and let them, like you just said, weed themselves out is phenomenal. Yeah, I only am really talking to people that are serious, and I still argue that the people that call back, I can't tell you how many people that call back who are unhappy. But once we talk for a few minutes and they realize what's really going on, and maybe my number was not was was in the ballpark, but not what they want, we can figure that out. Right. That's okay, and it happens. It's so much better than me going. Can you imagine what would the conversation even be? Hi, my name is Jill. Do you want to sell your house? Everyone's going to say. Well, some people are going to say hell no, right? But the library are going. Most of them are probably going to go yes. You know what? And the guy next door just got eight million, so I want nine. Really? Because I have a pool. Really? You know, you don't. You can't be doing that. There's just no way. Yeah, there's so much conversation that would go on in an environment like that. Yeah. You know, and my final point here is it's not just sending out mail versus cold calls because, and we, if you listen, regular listening to this show and the Land Show, 
you know, you know what we're going to say. Yeah. We're not sending out a postcard or a letter of interest. That's a waste right. of time, their time and your and your time. You're not seeing if they're a seller. They're right. not going to call back and discuss it. Right. Uh, in fact, if you're just going to send letters out and say, I'm really interested in buying your house, give me a call. Right. I'd rather do cold calls. It's probably more effective. Right. So both of those are equally bad. <laughs> exactly. What you really want to do, and this is my final point, is send an offer. A well-thought-out, well-written, well-priced offer. And it will get results. And I got to tell you, because I'm doing them right now for multi-million dollar deals, it's the same procedure. It works the same. With a lot more profit. Mm-hmm. And a lot more sophistication, both on the buyer side and the seller side. Exactly. Had I known 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm adding multiple zeros. Think about that one. I'm adding a lot right, of three zeros. zeros. I'm not just adding one zero. I'm adding a lot of zeros yeah. to my offers. <laughs> Today's topic, our biggest house failures. This is why you're listening. This is, is kind of funny. Is it really failures? <laughs> it's funny. Boy, you built me up and then you brought me down. Like, we're <laughs> going to talk about the crap now. No. <laughs> who wrote this title? I don't know. Who put, who is smart enough? To put the word failures in the episode title of the House Show. I have show. no idea who <laughs> uses that word a lot. <laughs> Here's what our group thinks a failure is. I bought this house for $220,000 and I yeah. sold it for two hundred and sixty. I did not. And then, so I, and then, by the way, it cost me 5000 to get the deal by the time it was all done. Yeah. Darn it, I didn't make enough. Really? We How? hear it in our land group all the time. I bought this property for five thousand dollars and I sold it for for eighteen, and, but I know it's worth forty. Yeah. What did right. I do wrong? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is good. You didn't fail at all. Nope. What you didn't do, or is not, you didn't sell it for retail, and so people mistake selling it for retail with failing. Exactly. Or maximizing price, which is, in my opinion, selling it for retail. It's failing. So again, if you're a a long-time listener of the show, you know that Jill and I are huge fans of not selling for retail. You know, you have to kind of undo in your head what you've learned your whole life, which is hard. It's easy for me to sit up here and say that. Hey, you know, you need to undo everything you've ever learned about math. No, it's hard. You know, you you look at an asset, especially if your parents are in the business or you've got relatives or or in any kind of business, you know, they're all going to sit there and look at you cross-eyed if you say, uh, you know, if you own a yeah. convenience store, are you going to sell stuff for wholesale or are you going to try to get that uh, top dollar? You're going to try to get top dollar. It's a different game. So right. it's very hard to undo that methodology, but it'll keep you in business. Yesterday we talked about hitting singles. It'll keep you in the business of hitting singles all day long. So that's what you want. You want to make sure that you're buying a house for two fifty, mark it up twenty or $30,000 after your costs. Uh, in a lot of cases, I, we have a very successful wholesaler in our group that re- refuses to make any more money than $10,000 per house net. And they do great. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they choose not to take the property into inventory or close on it. They choose to put it under contract. They have a group of buyers. They ex- he exposes all the, pro- the property to all the buyers that he's accumulated. Right. And one or two of them, or one of them, you know, just an assignment fee, basically. Yeah, he assigns it, charges mm-hmm. him ten thousand bucks. Everybody's happy. Yep. And then that person goes on and does what they do with houses. In in, the, in that case, um, they they call it a lipstick cleanup. They put lipstick flip. Yeah, they put carpet, uh, carpet paint, paint. That's they, about it. You know, just really Little clean the thing. place out, landscape, clean mm-hmm. the garage out. Exactly. What do you think is your biggest house failure? 
My so I don't have a house failure itself. Oh. I have a mailer failure. Oh, okay, this is good. All right, <laughs> share please. Uh, you know when I just mispriced a mailer, and and it wasn't that I mispriced it. It was that I just well I mispriced it. I I went in a little bit with our mar- profit margin too low. So at, by the time we got all done, and I know you're going to talk about HOAs in a minute. By the time we got all done and there were some HOA deals in there, the HOA transfer costs and all the stuff that we had to do, it just didn't work. You know, we right. weren't even making 10 grand. Right. And so that that was recent, actually. Yeah. Uh, we should offset this whole topic in a minute with our, like, our greatest successes. Oh. <laughs> because, you know, like everybody, we learn from some stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 25 years. I just sent out a bad mailer. That's the truth of it. About a year About a year ago. Thank you. That happens. I've never had a house deal fail to the point where, I, you know, we. here's the thing about this business, and I didn't mean to cut you off. We control, let's, I'm so, okay, I sent this mailer out. All this stuff's coming back. I'm sitting there looking at it, doing the math, saying, darn, you know, I really wish I would I would have probably added on a couple, maybe $20,000 more per unit profit per line item. So what do I do? Do I try to, like, fix it? You know what I did? I said, you know what? I screwed up. I'm not going to close these deals and, and have this thin margin and make my whole staff run around and return all these phone calls. I screwed up. It's over. I'm moving on. And so I could have had a lot of failures. We could have had a lot of house failures from that mailer. But I, I have to, because we have this by design, is we have so much control over this business, I just cut it and said, we'll make it up on the next one. And we did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is it my turn now? Sure. <laughs> I was going to share, like, for me personally, and I agree with you, it's never really been, it's, we've never really, we've never lost money. Why? Because, you know, we do our homework. We know what we're doing. We really check these deals out. And I'm sure, and I know our group does this way too. Sometimes we obsess on it. It's like, okay, you did, you're, you're doing right. Go move forward. But we're really good at doing our due diligence and our homework. So we know what we're buying, we know what it's worth. Um, So we have that figured out. So my only failures were just early on dealing with a couple of HOA and especially over 55 communities. You know, we hadn't done those. And when I, we had a, we had a recent last year or so, a mailer hit several in that area, in in a zip code in an area where there were several of them. Um, And what happened was it ended up being, my buyers didn't see my normal buyers are like, I don't know what to do with this because some of them are in too good of condition because they just are kept up that well because they're in these nice communities. So that took those most of my buyers off the table. I'm like, okay, great. Now what do I do? So and then I'm dealing with retail. And the only reason I call it a failure is because they took longer to sell and I was dealing with agents and it was kind of a retail transaction where mom has to come by bring dad and then maybe even the daughter when she's in town to look at it to all together make the decision if this is the house that you know mom and dad are going to retire in kind of thing and and that was it they just took took longer it wasn't even the money part too of it for me because I know we won financially even with the transfer fees that you brought up it was just the time involved I want to do these things faster I don't like to keep them in my inventory more than days you know even weeks I want to get them. I want to move them really fast. Yeah. So, you know, it's strange those HOA deals. We've done two of them now uh, in the last twenty-four months. But before that, you know, we, we Joe and I had a choice when those when those properties came back. 
whether to say yes or no. Right. And we, on the last two, we said yes. And they were the single largest dollar for dollar profit deals we've, that I've ever done, house deals ever, that are not commercial. So that not are commercial conversions. They're, they're, don't change the zoning, regular house, kind of just clean it up and resell it. Uh, the last one we made 70 on, I think the first one we made $80,000 on. So, mm-hmm. But they also took, I think one of them took eight months to sell. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it became a thing with Jill and I. You know, everybody who's in this business has one or two properties in the portfolio that's just like, what the hell are we going to do? Can Every I, single, no matter what. I know why, too. I was, can I add this? Yeah, too? sure. You know why the reason they took so long to sell? Because it was not our normal thing, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't want to put the energy in. Yeah. I'm not used to having to put that much energy yeah. in. Could I have sold it faster? Sure, if I dropped everything made this sure. my business and did an open house every weekend and really went into it, yeah. I could have. But it's not my normal thing. She listed it on the MLS, so. it sat there, and finally Jill yeah. got her mad. And she, and then she did went, and went into the uh, MLS, looked, got the top four or five agents. She did two things. Got the top four or five agents that are had listings in that area, I think probably top three. And then also every agent that did a showing got a list of those people. and really just hammered him until someone pulled the trigger. And it was really like, the honestly, it was like the second guy I called <laughs> that ended up doing it. It doesn't take a lot. It really wasn't. It's just not our thing. It's just not my thing. I like to, I'm used to sitting back and letting, you know, I'm used to sitting back and letting it just speak for itself. Yeah. You know, so, and we learned. <laughs> All good. So the moral story here is, after you've done this a few times and the, prop, and the offers are coming back and you're looking at the assets and you're going through the motions, you know, you know what's a failure or what's not, and you stop it before it happens. Exactly. So there's no real failures. How do you offset this so that just everything, single one of them is a success? I'll tell you exactly how to do that in a couple sentences. Find a great buyer. Yeah. Find a rock star buyer who's got, you know, here's the dream buyer. Limitless money or access to limitless money. They know exactly the property type that they want. So they can answer you, uh, within seconds, if not a couple of minutes, while you're waiting for them to text you back and say, yeah, I do want to buy this property or I don't. And it's like that. Yeah, I want to buy it, no I don't. It's usually never priced. The best buyers we have don't really argue about price. Exactly. And so, and no matter how many transactions you feed these people, let's say you have just a handful of them, they just keep saying yes and yep. yes and yes. So. So these, we have a whole, just did a whole episode about failing about these two little HOA properties that we did in in my mailer. But we've got, in our CRM, what, 30 deals right now? 30 multi-million dollar. Oh, those. 30 multi-million dollar house, more than that. I I mean, that I've gone through or or are viable, I've got a lot, we'll talk more. So, we know your time's valuable. Thanks for spending some of it with us today. Join us next time for another interesting episode. And we answer your questions posted on our online community found at houseacademy.com. It is free. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Good show. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you. You have to talk about failing sometimes in the negative side of stuff. You can't just sit around and say everything's peachy. Yeah. Exactly. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, you're not failing. Please subscribe and rate us there. (laughs) We We are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.